0: Welcome Church at Newtown Road. We are glad you have decided to join us this morning. My name is Tyler, I'm the Youth and Families Pastor here. And uh, although this isn't ideal, uh, we are so glad that you and your families are engaged in what's going on and what God's doing in and through our church. Uh, And so I I wanna start off with a couple announcements. And uh, first of all, just say thank you for being involved with everything. But second of all, uh, in the comment section of this video, there is a communication card. And so whether you are a first time guest, And we've never met you before and somehow you found this video by accident. Or whether you are a family that's been here for years and years, we would love for you to check in through that communication card and let us know that you are present. And we would really, really appreciate that. And then a couple other quick things before we kind of jump into Pastor Matt and his sermon is uh, there's going to be a Newtown Kids Cinco de Mayo game night, May 5th, 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. And if you are interested and you're between the ages of preschool and fifth grade or you have a kid in those ages get in touch with heather that's heather at newtownroad.org and she will get you the information you need to jump on and play and participate uh, and have a good fun game night on zoom on may 5th Uh, and then if you are a family and are participating or an individual and participating in our family challenge this weekend make sure you upload your pictures by tonight at midnight so that we can judge uh, and then follow us on our family devotions on Wednesday night to see who wins those competitions. Congratulations to the Hughes family that won last week, it was pretty amazing. Uh, and then I just want to like say a sincere thank you uh, for continuing the the faithfulness of giving your tithes and your offerings to our church. Um, God is doing an amazing thing, and through the faithful giving of our church, we are uh, doing really really well. And so, I just want to say thank you, but also a reminder that if you want to give, uh, you can. There's going to be a link in this, or you can go to Church Center app. Um, or our website, and give directly online uh, to the church and what God's doing. So at this time, I'm going to pass it over to Pastor Matt, but I've never really introduced him before, so um, I don't know how to... Here, come, come on. Thank you. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. Thanks, Tyler. Good morning. Newtown Road is so good to see you guys. Welcome to uh, Sunday Service Quarantine Edition, Episode 5,423. I'm so thankful for technology that we're able to be able to connect like this um, and for the good people who help us make that work. Uh, But... I miss you guys. We miss you guys. That's not just me. That's our elders, our staff. We miss being able to gather together, to sing, to worship, to study the word together. We miss being able to fellowship together. This is a a challenge, but thankfully we're getting through it and God is doing some great things in and through our church. So let's commit to praying together for this season to be lifted soon. Uh, But even in the face of a pandemic, and a statewide pause, God has been faithful to our church, and it hasn't been ideal, but this has been a great growing and stretching experience for our congregation, and I've heard some really good reports this week that I wanted to share with you. We've heard of answered prayers for healing as people are getting out of the hospital and growing and getting stronger. We've heard about the ways that you're reaching out to your neighbors and your loved ones, the ways you're caring for members of your life group. Keep that up, guys. That's how the world knows that we are his disciples, by the way we love one one another and you guys are doing a great job with that but I wanted to share something specific about the the offering piece you know that 20 fund that we've been uh, encouraging people to give to $20 additional each month um, so that we can give $20,000 away into the community Uh, just this week we've had a couple great developments there so far to date we have close to $11,000 that have come in in that fund and in this past week we sent a $500 gift to the capital city rescue mission in Albany which is part of a matching donation that turns into a thousand dollars. So from our 20 fund, we're able to help them care for those in need in Albany. We also sent $500 a $500 check from our 20 fund to the Schuyler Ridge nursing home in order to be a blessing to their staff who are on the front lines of this crisis um, We're hoping to, that we can continue that relationship that we've enjoyed with Schuyler Ridge for many years and just be a great Good uh, a great blessing and a good neighbor to them in this time um, Also from our mission surplus fund many of you saw the video I, I recorded with Greg Lyons our missionary to the Philippines uh, It was posted on my Facebook page and then also on the Newtown Road friends and family group uh, I was able to, t- to do a quick zoom call with him and we were able to talk about um, the fact that our church gave a thousand dollars to his ministry in order to help with a number of smaller congregations that he works with tied them over until they can get up and running again and uh, if you're interested in being uh, blessed by what God is doing in the Philippines take a listen to that video and and hear what's going on there so so guys bottom line there's a lot of really great things happening in and through our ministry what the enemy and intended for evil to discourage us and to divide us, God is using for good and is actually strengthening our congregation in the midst of a pandemic. What an amazing time it is to be part of the Church of Jesus here in the Capital District and around the world. And I'm incredibly proud of you guys. I miss you guys. Keep up to good work. Keep fighting. We're going to get through this hopefully sooner than later. This morning, we're back in our, our study in the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to be in Mark chapter 7 today. So if you want to grab your Bible and go to Mark chapter 7, so we're going to start in verse 24 and read to verse 30. Here's what, here's what Mark tells us in, in Mark chapter 7, verse 24 through 30. And from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden." But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. Let's have a, a quick word of prayer before we begin this morning. Father, we thank you for the great work you're doing in and through our church family. God, thank you that you have not forgotten about us nor left us alone, even through a pandemic. Thank you for the safety and protection you've provided for our congregation, for the answers to prayer, for the hope that we have in Christ. Thank you for the way you're using us to reach our neighbors and our loved ones with the message of hope and the gospel. We pray for your wisdom this morning, that you would open our eyes and our minds, that we'd be able to see and understand all that you would have for us. And I pray that the word of God would would drive deep into our hearts to change us and transform us from the inside out, conforming us more and more into the image of your Son. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we pick up today in our study of Mark's Gospel, we are reminded yet again that this passage is actually part of a larger chapter, and this small story is part of a bigger story, and that works together with the entire Gospel of Mark to show us and explain to us, reveal to us, clearly some pictures about who Jesus is and what God is like and what his mission is. Last week, we saw that Jesus' words concerning the traditions of men and dietary laws were a little bit inflammatory, that the religious crowd was thinking backwards about these things. It's not external things that come into us and pollute us making us unclean, instead it's the internal things, the sin and rebellion in our hearts, that work their way out of us, that show our uncleanness before God. And we said last week, religious activities aren't the answer. Religion isn't the answer. Jesus changes hearts. Not the works and moral activities that I perform, but the work of God through Christ's gospel in my heart. That's what changes it. And so last week, in essence, Jesus declares all foods clean. Today, we're continuing right along, and Jesus and his disciples make an interesting decision to travel again. It says they move on to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now, Tyre and Sidon is the location of this next miracle of Jesus, but something that might be might get lost on us because we're so far removed from the situation is the Jewish perspective on this region itself. They, the Jews, considered this area to be notoriously unclean. R. C. Sproul's commentary on Mark was most helpful for me. Sproul even notes that this is the only record of our Lord's public ministry that he has seen leaving the ancient borders of Israel and going into a pagan land. So where where is this place? Tyre was 20 miles northwest of Capernaum, where Jesus was ministering. Sidon was located north of Tyre. Both of them were coastal towns on the Mediterranean Sea. Jezebel, the Old Testament queen, had come from that region. And during this period of history, it had fallen under the, the occupation and control of Rome as well. Mark isn't really clear to us As to why Jesus decided to take this detour, some have suggested he was looking for a retreat after the showdown with the religious leaders. But as is often the case, Jesus cannot be hidden. Even though he enters a house in an attempt to hide himself from the community to remain unnoticed, he was still found out. And we have this interesting miracle to show for it. The first thing I want to look at this morning is a desperate woman, in verse 25 and 26. I've just titled this this portion, The Desperate Woman. There's a woman who comes to Jesus, who finds Him in this house, and she, she falls down at His feet and lets Him know that she has a very serious problem. She has a little daughter with an unclean spirit. She's in a dire situation. Her little girl was in trouble, under the influence and under the control of an unclean spirit, a demon. And so she comes to Jesus and she falls down at his feet. Now the posture here of falling down at the feet of Jesus shows shows us two things. It shows respect and an honor for him, but it shows the desperation of her need. She's got nothing left. She is throwing herself at the mercy of Jesus. And then Mark in verse 26 gives us a little more detail concerning this woman. He actually calls her a a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. The NIV would call her a Greek, although she wasn't from Greece, but a Greek in the broader sense that she was indeed a Gentile. She was not part of the family of God's people. Matthew 15, which is where you find Matthew's correlative story for this, uh, this passage. Matthew 15, calls her a woman of Canaan. Which is fascinating, isn't it? In that sense, her roots date back some 3,000 years, and it was a long history of opposition to the people of God. So she's an outsider. She's not a Jew. And I don't want to miss this here. Mark is consistently trying to show his readers and us today that all is not as it appears when it comes to the people that Jesus encounters. What what I mean by that is, in Mark's gospel, the people that appear to be insiders, the religious and the influential, are actually revealed to be outsiders. And those that appear to be outsiders, the down and out, the sick and the immoral, are actually revealed to be the insiders who are invited through faith. This is another beautiful example of that extended theme here in Mark. That it isn't, it isn't the healthy that need a physician. It's the sick. And Jesus came to call the sick to health. He came to call sinners to repentance. So this woman is falling at His feet, and she's begging Him to cast the demon out of her daughter. This is a huge request. Jesus, please, help my little girl. Can you see the heartbreaking reality of this mother's concern? Alistair Begg notes that the cries of the needy are at their apex in a mother's request for her child. Interesting, isn't it? That that in this moment of complete and utter desperation, that this Gentile woman seeks healing not from her pagan house of worship, not from the mystics and the shamans of her town, No, she comes to Jesus. His reputation had preceded him. She had heard about Jesus and the miracles that he was doing. The wild things that were happening all around him. And she came to him because she was convinced that he could help her little girl. And she is persistent in her requests. And this is one of those places where it's helpful to cross-reference with Matthew's uh, version of this story. Because Matthew tells us that the disciples actually wanted to send her away. She was annoying them because she was so persistent in her request. She just kept asking and asking and asking. She is exactly like the widow in Luke 18 who dealt with the unjust judge, persistently asking until he gave her the relief she was seeking. The bottom line here for this this first portion is that this woman is desperate. She has no hope anywhere else. She's come to Jesus because she has heard that he has the power to change people. And the second thing I want to look at today is a very confusing exchange. Jesus addressing the woman in verse 27 says one of the weirdest things that he's ever said. He says to her, Let the children be fed first. For it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs." Well, what in the world does that mean? Now Jesus is known for saying some interesting things sometimes. Anyone other than me read this passage before and just wonder what's really going on? Other than me, has anyone read it, scratched your head, and just pushed through hoping that you'd figure it out later? What does that mean? She says, Jesus, would you heal my little girl? He says, no, we have to feed the children first. I can't give the food to dogs. You can't take the kids' foods and toss it to the dogs. Was he saying that this lady is a child, or was this lady a dog? I'm going I'm to try to make a stab at this today and hope it comes out all right. Okay, so here's some things we need to keep in mind as we're trying to figure this passage out. Jesus' statements here are related to these previous passages. He's tangling with religious people. Those people were so committed to the traditions of men that they wouldn't touch something or somebody that might make them unclean before God. And those religious formalists, those religious people, knew that the one person you shouldn't touch would be a Gentile, someone who isn't part of the covenant family of God, and especially not a Gentile woman. The Pharisees wouldn't even teach the law to a Jewish woman, let alone a Gentile woman like this Syrophoenician. Jesus' response here isn't harsh or dismissive. The response is actually directly in line with the purpose of His ministry. You see, Jesus has come to reveal God's mercy in the Gospel to the lost sheep of Israel. His ministry was primarily focused on His own people, the Jewish people, the Covenant people of God. You see, they were to be given priority in Jesus' ministry. You know, Paul says the exact same thing, that the Gospel is the power of God to salvation, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. It comes first to the Jewish people. And Jesus is saying here that it would not be proper to take what is fitting for the Jewish people, namely the revelation of himself as the Messiah. It wouldn't be right for him to take what is designed and given to the Jews and give it instead to somebody else. The Gentile woman in this story then would be considered the dog, which was a common and derogatory way of talking about Gentiles. But the wording used here, the little dog in Greek, uh, kind of gives the impression that this was a diminutive, um, a household pet of sorts. And the woman responds not in frustration. She doesn't respond by yelling at Jesus and uh, accusing him of, of uh, just being harsh and insensitive to her plight. She instead cunningly begins to interact with him, and she says, Yes, Jesus, but even, that's true, you don't give the dogs the food that's for the kids, but even the dogs are free to eat the crumbs. This lady must have had a dog. One thing you learn quickly when you have a dog is that you don't find near as much food laying on the kitchen floor anymore. While the dogs certainly would not, I mean, some of you people are dog people, and you like put your dog at your table, that's not me. But while a dog certainly wouldn't have been given a seat at the table, they would have been free to eat whatever fell to the ground. They could eat the scraps. I, I once knew a guy, uh, a fictional friend of mine, who swore that he would never get another dog ever, ever again as long as his children were at home. And then, one day he was betrayed shamefully by his wife and children and was worn down by their constant requests for a new puppy. It was a despicable reality. It wasn't this family's finest moment. It wasn't this man's finest moment. And now he, he has a puppy in his home. And that dog is not allowed to seat at the table. The dog is not even allowed to be under the table during the meal. The dog is somewhere else in another room in a crate during the meal. The dog doesn't receive food from the family table because we don't want to train the dog to expect food from the family table. The dog doesn't eat with our family, but... After the meal is over, the dog is free to roam around the kitchen and whatever she finds on the floor, she gobbles up. You see, this Gentile lady is asking for a miracle from Jesus. She's asking for a display of power from the Messiah that would would reveal his identity as the king of the new kingdom. And he's hesitant to do that because the ministry for him is to be focused on the Jewish people. His apostles, after his death and his resurrection, they will carry the gospel to the Gentile world. But Jesus' primary ministry was to come to the covenant people of God. Her point, though, and this is such a wonderful way of addressing this. Her point, look at her faith and her humility. She says, I'm not trying to steal a place at the table. I know that I don't have that family right to sit at the table. It doesn't belong to me. I'm not trying to sneak into a party without an invitation. She recognizes that in that way, she's not part of the people of God, fully aware of that situation. And yet she makes an appeal. Even the dogs that we keep as pets in our homes are free to eat the leftovers and the scraps that fall to the floor. Jesus, would there be any leftovers from your power that could heal my little girl? Jesus' ministry definitely was focused on the lost sheep of Israel. And this woman isn't part of that family, but she's in need. Will Jesus have compassion on her? Is this unclean outsider worthy of a miracle of Jesus? Is this unclean outsider worthy of a crumb from the table of her Jewish neighbors? Jesus says yes. And he offers and gives this amazing miracle. In verse 29, he says, For this statement, you may go your way. For, for the statement. What, was, it the, was it the exact string of words that she put together? No, that's not it at all. It was the fact that her statement was a statement of faith. In fact, in Matthew's account of this story, Jesus actually remarks, O woman, how great is your faith? Which is wild, right? Because just, just in the passage recently, the Pharisees and religious people, the people who were the insiders, they didn't have faith in Jesus, and they showed that they were outsiders. This lady, an outsider, who has no right to claim insider privileges, demonstrates that she actually has faith in Christ. See, both the request to Jesus for help and her persistence in asking, asking and, and, and then um, engaging with Jesus and negotiating with him. All of that demonstrate the sincerity of her faith. She was convinced that Jesus could help her daughter and that he had the power to heal her. So Jesus says to her, look, your statement has earned you the right. You go ahead on your way. When you get home, you'll find the demon has left your daughter. And when she got home, verse 30 the child was healed. The unclean spirit that had been tormenting her little girl was gone. And the little girl was in her bed in her right mind. So what? What does that mean for us? What does that mean to you and me today in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic? What, do, what can we draw from this passage today? There's a few things I think we could look at. The first is that I think there's a word to us here about the desperation and the brokenness of this lady and the idea of hope. This mother has nowhere to turn for help. All the wisdom of this world couldn't free her little girl. The medical practices and the powers of her world could not grant the relief for her daughter that she was seeking. She is at the end of her resources and she finds mercy in Jesus. Now, I want to tie that to you and I today in our lives, because God in His infinite wisdom and mercy actually leads us along the same paths. He leads us right to the very end of our understanding, to the end of our wisdom, to the end of our resources. He leads us headlong into our emptiness, our brokenness, and our need. And then He comes there, right in the middle of our mess, and He comes to us and reveals Himself as our Savior and our hope. It is good to keep that in mind today for you and I during seasons of suffering, seasons of lockdown, that in our weaknesses and in our emptiness, we are made to know the strength and the fullness of Christ. Did you hear that? In our weakness and in our emptiness, we are made to know the strength and the fullness of Christ. God leads us to the end of ourselves. So that he can reveal himself to us. The second thing I, I think we, we need to realize today is that there's a word to us here about the persistence of this mother's prayers. The persistence of her request. Matthew tells us at first that Jesus chose not to answer her. That she continued to make the request of him again and again until she heard from him the answer she wanted to hear. Even if his first response wasn't favorable, She she then in faith persisted. Believing that he had the power to do what she needed done. There's a reminder to us to endure in our prayers. To be persistent in our prayers. To be faithful in our prayers. Okay, so what does that mean for you? If you're praying for a loved one to come to faith in Jesus, don't give up on your prayers. Remember our story last week with Chad McCormick and his dad Dave, who prayed for him for many years as he was wandering from the Lord Don't give up. Don't give up on your prodigal neighbor or friend or child. Don't give up on the loved one who is struggling. Don't give up on the the loved one who's battling illness and disease. Don't give up on the loved one who is struggling with addiction and the pain that comes from that. You continue to call on the Lord. Continue to have faith that God can heal and deliver and forgive and provide. Continue to call on Him knowing that He has the power to do it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Be persistent in this. There's a word to us there about that persistent. But the biggest thing, number three, the biggest thing that Mark is pointing out here should be a huge encouragement to us as it was to the Gentile readers of the gospel dating all the way back to the first century. And that big point is this that hope is available even for the outsiders this woman like we said was not a part of the nation of israel she was not one of god's chosen people she was not a covenant member of the community she was an outsider from the land of canaan a region known for its rebellion and its antagonism against god and she was a woman she had all of all the cards were stacked against her in that day And even though all those things stood as barriers between her and her miracle of mercy, she was not turned away from Jesus because she came to him in faith. You see, Jesus' ministry was focused on the nation of Israel. But in this encounter, he offers healing for an outsider who came to him with great faith. And in so doing, Jesus was foreshadowing the, the ministry of the apostles and the early church, as the seeds of the Gospel were planted beyond the ethnic and geographic lines, and they began to bear fruit throughout the Gentile world. This is good news for us. We are not, many of us, are not part of the covenant community of Israel. We are cut off from God in that sense. We are Gentiles who are separated from the covenants and the promises like the Apostle Paul tells us. We are outsiders looking in. And our situation, as we discussed last week, is much like this woman's we are helpless and unable to affect change that we desire. And into our emptiness and into our brokenness comes the light of the gospel. And we can find hope in Christ, not through our family history, not through our ethnic heritage, not through our wealth and our privilege. We come and we can find hope in Christ through nothing other than faith. You see... The hope that we're looking for in Jesus doesn't come because we possess anything that this world would look at to call us insiders. We come to faith in Christ precisely because we realize we're outsiders in desperate need of help. Just like this lady. Our only hope is found in Christ alone through faith alone. This woman, an outsider, finds mercy in Christ through her faith. And Jesus, in this way, continues the last couple of weeks' themes. That there are no foods that are off limits, and now there are no people that are off limits from the mercy of God. All that's required of them is faith. Jesus Jesus is turning the entire religious system right upside down. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the mercy of God that it doesn't come through wealth or privilege that it doesn't come through, through ethnic heritage or family history. God, we thank you that the mercy of God and the righteousness of God aren't even the result of our obedience, but they come apart from the law, apart from those history. They, they come to us through faith. And we thank you for the example of this Syrophoenician woman today, that in her emptiness and brokenness, God, you filled her up and you cleaned her and healed her. God, I pray... that 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 message would sink deep into our hearts, that if there are those watching at home who have never trusted you, that I pray, God, today you would lead them to the emptiness of their own efforts and resources, and that you would show them the beauty of the gospel. And for those of us who have turned to you in faith, who have trusted you and are walking with you, I pray that you would stir again our hearts to love and to good deeds out of these gospel themes, that we who once were separated from God because of our sin and our rebellion, have been brought near through the blood of Jesus. And God, I pray that that nearness would cause our hearts to leap with joy again, that in your mercy you looked on us with favor and grace. Lord, I pray for our church family through this pandemic, that you would strengthen us and grow us, continue to provide for our needs in ways that only you can, continue to show us new ways to engage our community with the power of the gospel, Continue to show us needs that we can meet so that we can earn an opportunity to share the hope we have in Christ. Lord, we look forward to the day when these restrictions are lifted, when this virus is a thing of the past, and when we can all meet together. And until then, God, I pray that you would strengthen us to rejoice in hope, to be patient and faithful in our tribulations, to be constant in prayer, to be looking to you uh, for strength and hope. Thank you, God, again for the word and for what you're teaching us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, Newtown Road, for joining in with us again this Sunday morning. I look forward to seeing you again as soon as we can. Uh, Until then, make sure you follow along with us in our Newtown 20 reading plan. Make sure you're active and engaged here on social media as we're working hard to keep you connected with what's going on. Make sure you stay connected in your life groups, ministering to one another and and loving each other and connecting with each other. Um, Even though we are separated because of a pandemic, we are still united in Christ. And although the the gathered assembly is being affected, the word of God is not bound, the spirit of God is not bound, and the people of God are not bound. We have a job to do. We've been given marching orders, and we've been given the strength to accomplish it. I'm proud of you, Newtown Road. Keep up the good work. I can't wait to see you guys again. Love you guys.
0: Welcome church at New <laughs> What church are we again? <laughs> uh, if you are interested in giving, um, or uh, just need to give, like, or want to give, <laughs> you have to cut that stuff. So
1: Could I get a, a cut for a clap
0: or something? Yeah, amen. <laughs> Sometimes I'm feeling it, you know? And we appreciate again your faithful giving <laughs> I'm not feeling it,
1: I'm not feeling it.
0: Hold on. Seven o'clock and we would love to invite your kids to join us for that. <laughs> I'm so sorry, that's the wrong time. Hall. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> you want to give, you can go online.
1: Gosh, that was a fun passage.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, I may need you guys to get out. Yeah, Let's do it. Let's just do it. I could be like than that. <laughs> That's <coaster>. it. <audio Bienvenue. laughs>